0: lesson today is part two of the idea the thought the sermon the message striving to be like jesus which i contend is really the essence of the new testament it's the essence of christianity the term christian means like christ or little christ we want to be like the one that we follow and jesus even said that it's for the for the ones who are disciples, that's what we should want. We want to be like the teacher. We want to be like our master. We talked about that last week in the terms of that is the work of God in our lives. Is that It was related to us in our scripture reading today, 2 Corinthians 3.18, that it's God who's at work in us trying to change us and make us into the very image of Christ, and it happens. From glory to glory, and that thought is, uh, I think, a little by little, uh, that God changes us. That's His work. That's why when we receive the forgiveness of our sins in baptism, we also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That Spirit comes into our life to work within us. He who began a good work in you, He will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. So that's, that's the work of God in our lives, is that God wants to make us like Jesus. So there's almost this notion where the thought of us striving to be like Jesus, as is, um, uh, yeah, let me, oh, no, I did it right. You know, the idea of our t- the title of our lesson, striving to be like Jesus, there's almost a sense where you could say, well, it's not quite right, because it's really God who does the work. God is the one who changes us. God's at work in us, changing us. But, we got to cooperate with that work. There are things that we do as we cooperate with Christ. So that is, part, that is the lesson today. That is part two of the message. What do we do to be like Jesus? And so we begin with um, number one, the first thing that we're going to find that we need to do. I think this is the greatest thing that we must do is found in Mark chapter 12 verses 28 through 30 and I'll have all the verses up on the board to expedite this. We have several verses to go through today so we're just going to kind of fly through it. I hope it's not overwhelming but the thought is what are we going to do? What's our part in being like Jesus? What's our part in striving to be like Jesus? Letting God work in us How do we submit to God so that He can make us into the very image of Christ? Something like Christ. Alright, so, in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 30, it says, One of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognized that He, Jesus, had answered them well, asked Him, What commandment is the foremost of all? What's the greatest command? Jesus answered, The foremost... Is Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love God. Love God with every bit of you that you got. Love God. If you want to be like Jesus, well, the first thing we would know is that Jesus loved God. And here's the greatest commandment for us. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, love God. And I picked the passage from Mark because it is a little bit, has a little bit more that Jesus said at at that moment. And it's the first thing he says, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God or one Lord. So really, I want you to know too that there is embedded another um, another command in this is that you hear or you listen, you listen. We this is this is one of the first we talked about last week. Is somebody we you know the. How, um, what God wants to do in our lives make to make us like Jesus. Well, God needs somebody who's seeking, somebody who's listening, somebody who's ready to hear what He's supposed to do. When God finds somebody like that and they see the Lord Jesus, then they're going to long to be like Jesus. They see Jesus, long to be. So the first thing is looking and listening and actually being aware of God. So this idea of hear, O Israel, is saying, listen. The first thing any of us need to do, the same message we gave last week is listen or hear, kind of this idea of seeking, being aware. So anyhow, um, this is the first command. I throw in another little part with it. Hear and listen. All right. So love the Lord you God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the greatest command. Jesus then goes on in the very next verse. He says the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So here are the two greatest commands. Made plain and clear. These are the greatest things that we must do. If we want to be like Jesus, we will fulfill these two commands. You may recall that um, in another spot Jesus said, On these hangs all the law and the prophets. Everything... All the other commandments, they all fall under these. Any other command is contained within these two commands. So I'm going to share with you today some other things that are very practical. But every one of these other things that I share with you, and you can see on the list, I have one and two listed. They're listed as kind of the outline, number one and number two. The rest of them I didn't put a number with uh, because I think they just fall under the other ones. They're already included in these. So if you want to be like Jesus, then you uh, you want to strive to be like Jesus, then strive to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That idea of loving God is a commitment to Him. Even when you don't feel like it, you still love Him. You're still committed to Him. You still seek after Him. You still give Him your full energy and devotion even when you don't want to. Even when you... Don't feel like it. Even when there's some other distraction. Even when it's not convenient, we still seek after him. We still love him with all that we are. So that's a, this is a commitment to love. Love God and then love others just as you love yourself. Notice I have a com- comment under number two where it says love your neighbor as yourself Since God loves you enough to die for you, you should love yourself. Do you see that in there? There's no command to love yourself, but it's kind of embedded in in this scripture right here. It says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes people don't like themselves, and a lot of times there's good reason why people don't like themselves. Have you ever not liked yourself? Well, it's because we do a lot of dumb things, Right? We've all been there. We've all done something stupid and we don't like it when we do stupid things. And sometimes there's points in our lives where we just don't even like ourselves at all. But then when you come to know Jesus Christ and you see God, you see, you look at Jesus and you come to know Him and you find out that He's through Jesus you can come close to God and that Jesus loves you enough to die for you even in spite of your sins, in spite of your dumb things. Once you know that jesus loves you that the father loves you then you've got a reason to love yourself you are loved by the creator so love yourself i think this is another important uh, piece and it's assumed in this verse you shall love your neighbor as yourself love yourself because god loves you and then love your neighbor and there's a reason why we should love our neighbor Whatever God has done for you, this is the second thought I have in that comment that I make. Whatever God has done for you, you should do for others. So you remember, hey, the reason I love myself is because God loved me and died for me. And if God loves me, then what God does for me and He loves me, then I should do for others. So I should go out and love others. This is the essence of what God wants from us. He wants us to know His love. To realize that we're loved, and then go share that love with others, so then they can also know the love of God through us. So here's the greatest commands. This is really what should direct us. This this, this love that it's not just a feeling and emotion like the world gives, but this committed faithfulness. That hey, we're we're in a covenant with God. And we're going to stay true to it. That's love. We're going to, just as God demonstrates his love for me and dying for me, I'm going to demonstrate my love for others by giving up my own life and serving them and loving them. We'll get to more on that later. So all the other commands hang on these two. They're all tied in somewhere with either, number one, loving the Lord God, and number two, loving your neighbor as yourself. So next we move on. The next point, then, that I have is devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. And this is, if I asked you, what must you do if you're going to strive to be like Jesus? Probably all of us would say, well, we need to read the good book. right? If we want to know Jesus, there's only one way to get to know him. We study and learn. So I'm going to go to a passage in Acts chapter 2. Verse number 42. This is on the day of Pentecost. After Peter has told the people who, uh, who had sinned and killed Jesus, they said, what should we do to be saved? told him, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how one is saved. That's how somebody becomes like Christ, how you become a Christian. You give your life to Him through baptism. Um, and then these folks who gave their lives to Jesus became followers of Jesus, disciples of Him, walking in His ways, trying to be like Jesus. Acts two forty two says they and there were about three thousand that day who were baptized. They were continually devoting themselves to four things here: the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So here's a quick, the early church, you go to Acts chapter 2. The church is established. What did they do as they were striving to follow Jesus? What did they do as they were trying to be like their master, their Lord, their teacher? What did they do? They were devoting themselves. Continually, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. So let's look at that one first, the Apostles' teaching. Let's consider um, another verse that goes along. And by the way, the Apostles' teaching, where are you going to get the Apostles' teaching? Open the book and read. That's what we're saying. You want to grow in Christ. You want to be more like Jesus, the first thing you've got to do is actually start learning. Devote yourselves to the Apostles' teaching. And what were the Apostles' teaching? They were teaching everything the Lord God commanded them. And it's interesting then as we go to one of the later passages in Acts. Acts chapter 17, this is one of my favorite passages. And I think this is a favorite passage of this church. It should be a favorite passage of any church. It says, and this is talking about Paul. He was going from place to place. But he came to this place called um, Berea. This is, these are the Bereans. And some scriptures might say, now the Bereans were more noble-minded. But it's just, it just says, now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. You want to know the truth? You've got to open up the book and read it. When somebody stands before you and is professing, hey, I'm telling you the words of God, I'm telling you what to believe. You better be able to look at the book and say, all right, is he telling the truth or not? We don't trust men. We trust God's word. So this is, we want to be like those who were in Berea. The people in Thessalonica, they had to run off the apostle Paul. They didn't want to hear the truth. At least a bunch of them didn't. Some of them did. But here in Berea, those folks were a group of people who were saying, I want to know the truth. Paul is speaking something new. He's saying the Old Testament was telling me about Jesus. And they would go to those scriptures and they'd say, Did it really say that? And there you go. You confirm it by the word of God. Find out what the good book says. You follow it. and You believe it. And, oops, so we want to be like that church in Berea. Examine the scriptures. Devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching. Know the Bible. You want to be like Jesus? Then know the Bible. Well, what does this have to do with um, point number one, point number two? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, how do you do that? You've got to open up the Word and study and learn. It's not up to me to tell you what to do how to live, how to think. It's up to you to study and know. It's your responsibility. I'm responsible for me. You're responsible for you. If you love the Lord God, then you will open up the word and study. So um, back to our main verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to... I've added in for the New American Standard, which is usually very literal, I added a word in that is actually there in the Greek, but they didn't put in. It usually just reads, um, to fellowship. But the word, the, the thought there is the fellowship. They can, the, devote yourself to the fellowship. The idea here is a partnership. It's something that is shared together. The fellowship is, when we talk about fellowship, we usually think of the fellowship hall and we go back there and maybe we'll eat together and have fellowship. Or at the end of our worship service, we'll stand around, we'll talk to each other and we have fellowship. Well, there is something to being together and talking together That has that's related to fellowship. But fellowship is that we share in the gospel. We are partners in Christ, we are one body together. That's the fellowship. We are all in this together. Um, you know, I've heard, what's, what's fellowship? Well, it's two fellows in a ship. You know, there, somebody said that somewhere. Probably was a joke somehow. It was probably funny, but I don't know how to make it funny. It's just true. We're in it together. We're here together in the body of Christ. This is the fellowship 3,000 souls had been added on that day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls were added. You can look at the previous, I think it's right before verse 42. I think it's verse 41. 3,000 souls were added to their number that day. You're a part of the number. The number of the saved. We are together. We are in fellowship. We're all in Christ. We are baptized into Christ. We are one body in Christ. So be devoted to the fellowship. Be devoted to the church. Be devoted to one another. And so now you see how it does relate to, is it, would it be a fellowship if we all come, we sing, we pray, and then as soon as it's over, we all scatter. Don't even say hi to each other, you know. That doesn't sound like fellowship. So when we are one body, when we are in Christ, we share life together. We love one another, we do talk to each other, we do eat together, we do all these things together, we share life because we love each other and we're devoted to one another. That's what it means to be in the family of God. Be devoted to the fellowship. Next, if you want to grow in Christ, and by the way, this has to, uh, how does that relate to number one and two above? Well, if you love God, we're going to love one another. Love your neighbors yourself. Here we are, we're all neighbors, we love each other. Um, next on this list, it says, to the breaking of bread. Be devoted to the breaking of bread. And some people claim to be Christians, and maybe they get to every, together every Sunday, but they don't break bread together. This is a reference to communion. This is the Lord's Supper. That's what the breaking of bread is be devoted to this and where we are together today because we are devoted to the breaking of bread we're devoted to one another and we're devoted to the breaking of bread and if you read the acts this is interesting now i'm kind of gabbing a little bit careful but in acts chapter excuse me in first corinthians chapter 11 where we're where it's talking about uh Paul brings up the communion. He says that well, what I received from the Lord, that I also passed on to you. That on the night in which he was betrayed, when he was—he's talking about discerning the body. When we come together to partake of the bread, it's also a picture of fellowship. We are one together. We take part of the one body of Christ. Communion is—that means fellowship. Commune, communion. Fellowship, it has to do with our communion with Christ, our relationship with Him, but it's also seen in our relationship with one another. If we're not understanding and uh, recognizing the body of Christ, the fellowship we have as believers and that we are one in Christ when we partake of this, but we're not one with each other, we're messing up the communion feast. It has to do with our relationship with God and our communing with Him, our fellowship with Him, but also our fellowship with one another. It's all tied together. You can't be right with God if you're not right with one another. That's what 1 Corinthians 11 is all about. Go read the entire chapter. They were all messed up. They had messed up relationships with one another. They were not the fellowship. They were, they were the... Um, they were the disjointed fellowship. They were all messed up. And if they were all messed up with each other, you think they were going to be able to be right with God when they partook of the, the communion, the breaking of the bread. So no, the breaking of bread, we're committed to it. And it's interesting that it follows right after the fellowship because if we're in fellowship with one another, then as we come around this meal together, we're reminded of the one who unites us. We're reminded of what He did for us. And we're reminded since He did that, He died, went to the cross and died for us, we should also be have the same kind of love for one another, that same kind of commitment. Alright, and uh, to the last one here, prayer. Continually devoting themselves to prayer. These things are the things that you would naturally think of. If you want to strive to be like Jesus, okay, yeah, I know we should... Love God. I know we should love our neighbors ourselves. but what, what do I do? You know, it's kind of like, well, here's, this is the nuts and bolts of it. This is the meat of it. Devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching. Devote yourselves to the fellowship. Devote yourselves to the communion feast, the breaking of bread. Devote yourselves to pray, Prayer. There is that uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that says pray without ceasing. Prayer is so important. It's so easy to forget to pray though, isn't it? (laughs) You like me at all? It's easy to forget to pray. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're praying while we're together. We're praying when we leave this place. Let us pray constantly. Be devoted to prayer. If you love God... With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will talk to him. Don't ignore him. All right. We continue on then. We've got the main points, one and two, and then we've had four uh, things that fall underneath it of how we grow in Christ. And then here's some other things that just come to my mind, and everybody could probably throw out something a little bit different here. But this idea of submitting to God, I think, is so important. So I want to go to Philippians and discuss chapter 2, and I want to encourage everybody to have the attitude of Jesus. As we study and learn about Jesus and we love Jesus for what he did for us, we need to learn to have his attitude. So as we're studying, we're devoted to the apostles' teaching, we're going to learn about Jesus and we want to be like him, have his attitude. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfish or selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. I prefer to think of that as clung to. He was in heaven with God. He was, he was with God, but he didn't just continue to cling for it, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in, his, in appearance as men, he humbled himself, By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Have the attitude of Jesus. You're not looking out for number one. You're looking out for number one in heaven. It's not me. I'm not number one. He's number one. I'm going to humble myself. And since he went to the point where he died for me, He put me first to that extent that he was willing to give up his own life. Then I need to have that same attitude, and I can do things in my life to show that I am going to put others first. You want to be like Jesus? Have that attitude. Next, have the mission of Jesus. Have the attitude of Jesus, which is really the love because you love God, you're going to love others and also have the mission of Jesus. Because you love God, you're going to love others, you're going to have His mission. For the Son of Man, Luke 19.10, Jesus talking about Himself here, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Seek and save the lost. Do something to help somebody know Jesus Christ. God has revealed Himself to you, You've learned about God. You've learned about His love. How about then we share that with others? Whatever God has done for us, we should do for others. Share the good news with somebody. Seek and save the lost. Have the mission of Jesus. And here is another one that is a little bit more philosophical, I'll say. It's not the nuts and bolts like, read the Bible and pray and go to church. But this attitude that we have to have Where we are abiding in Jesus. He's our life. He's our everything. If you want to be like Jesus, if you're going to let God work in you and make you in the image of Christ, you just got to cling to Jesus. Live in Him. Make Him your everything and your all. John 15, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me. This is Jesus speaking. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, Of itself, unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. Cling to Jesus all of your days. There's nothing else that matters in life. If you want to be like Jesus, you just, um, the idea of a disciple following in his steps, well, just hold on to him as you're following in his steps. Cling to Jesus. Be that branch who is attached to the vine. Be attached to Jesus. If you get separated from Jesus, you don't bear fruit, you wither and die. Alright, and since I was in John 15, I had to keep going a little bit later on there, and I saw in John 15.10. Everything's good in John 15, that's for sure a beautiful chapter. John 15, 10, Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus. He was abiding in the Father. That's how He had success. For us to have success, for us to bear fruit, we abide in Jesus. We live in Jesus and we obey His commands. Jesus says to do something, we do it. Live in Him. Follow His commandments. He gave all of His commandments to His apostles. They went forth teaching, so devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching and you, you will be following the commands of Jesus this isn't my commandment John 15:12 that you love one another just as I have loved you So that second commandment's pretty great Jesus says it a few times doesn't he? love one another love one another love your neighbor as yourself. love, love 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 the Lord your God love your neighbor as you love yourself. Last one I want to mention, because this is all, it's all very, um, (laughs) it can be overwhelming. You know, you put Jesus before you and you say, be like Him. Well, how do you, man, that's a daunting task. It's like, be perfect. Okay, that's a little, that's a little challenging. We're not going to do it perfectly. So the last thing I would say is, you're striving to be like Jesus, as you're submitting to God and letting God work in you, hey, we're going to fail along the way. Instead of making God number one, every once in a while we're going to say, no, I'm number one and I'm going to do things my way and I'm going to be thinking about myself and I'm going to do some selfish thing. That's called sin. If I'm not doing something that Jesus would do, that's sin. If we miss the mark, and the mark is for us to be transformed into the very image of Christ, if we miss the mark, that is sin. So I want to tell you, make sure... As you go along your way, as you're a new Christian, an old Christian, you remember we're still growing, we're still learning, we're still making progress in the faith. But we will fail at times. But confess those sins. Confess that failure. Go to God and say, I messed up again. Lord God, please forgive me. Confess. And then start walking in the light again. 1 John 1, through 7-9 says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, we make mistakes on the way. It's hard to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Man, sometimes we love ourselves do something we want to do. It's hard to love your neighbor as yourself. Especially when Jesus is the, uh, he's the standard. We were supposed to love others just like Jesus loves them. Well, he died on the cross. Not always good at dying for others. Doing, putting them first. Okay, so we fail. Remember as you're growing in Christ. And as God is working in you to make you more like Christ, we do sin. We fall short. That's, I'm trying to think of how I carefully say this without going into long explanation, but when we fail, that's okay as long as we are willing to confess our sin to our Father. As for forgiveness, He will cleanse us. He will forgive us, get us on the right path again. None of us wants to sin. That is the point of saying if we walk in the light. That's where we want to be, is in the light. We want to walk with Jesus. Man, when you take a misstep and fail, make sure you get aware of it. Make sure you know that what happened, say, God, please forgive me. He is faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you of your sin. And then the process continues. Little by little, step by step, from glory to glory, God is changing us, transforming us into the very image of Christ. But if you haven't accepted Christ and been immersed into Christ to receive the forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're not, God's not in you working with you to transform you and change you. And I invite you today, if you want Christ working in you, You want to work with Him? You want to submit to Him and His ways and do these things that are listed here? Today is the day of salvation. You can get started today. Give your life to Christ. If anybody needs to respond, you're welcome to come now as we stand together and sing.